If work feels more like play for you, or you'd like it to be that way. If you have the heart to help others and you're looking for ways to grow your business as a healthcare professional, if you are ready to adjust your practice to suit who you are and the life you want to live, then maybe the ideas in this show will help you expand your impact a little bit more. I'm Melissa Longo and my guests and I are here to lead the way to more impact, more success, more joy in your life and business. So let's stop wasting time. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, before we dive into today's episode, I want to just take a few minutes to highlight our show sponsor, Jane. Jane is a complete practice management software designed to help you run your practice with more ease. I have been a big fan for the last few years and definitely it has enhanced my business. One of the ways specifically is by helping people remember their appointments. Look, we know people have lives outside of coming to see us in our professional practices, and sometimes people forget. However, with Jane, you can create effective reminders that include appointment details, clear instructions on how to cancel, reschedule. You can also choose between a text, email, phone call, or a mixture of all three, depending on what works best for you and the practice style that you have, as well as the people that you support. You are going to love not having to remind your patients, and they are going to love getting the reminders. If you're curious to learn more, be sure to book an appointment with one of their amazing team members and give them the code ROCKSTARDOC so that you can get one month free to check things out. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adjust Your Practice. I'm always excited to do these conversations um, with amazing individuals, but I'm even more excited when I get to do them with my friends. Uh, Dr. Andrea Ryan, I have known professionally. She used to practice as a chiropractor. We used to mastermind together. We've gone to events together. We've had lots of friendship and ins and outs of each other's lives that I'm really thankful for. And she's doing some really cool things with her family right now, which we're going to get into. The reason I wanted to have her on the show and to share her experiences because she has made some fairly substantial pivots, shifts, leaps, using her credentials, using her expertise to help people in a much different way than chiropractic practice. And I wanted to hear her story and I wanted you to hear her story and the why behind it in case you are feeling like you want to make some of these similar types of leaps yourself. So Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's good to see you. It's always good to see you. And uh, let's just start with a quick little recap. I like to get listeners to understand like who you are. So who's Dr. Andrew Ryan? Where are you right? Where in the world are you right now? And what are you up to these days? And then we'll get into how you got here. Sure. So, um, well, where in the world is a great question, as you know, because we have been traveling for the last eight months. Um, we're currently, I'm looking out a window right now at a mountain view in Colorado, which is the first time we've been in snow for eight months. Um, we managed to avoid it for most of the, the trip, but then my family wanted to go skiing for a month. So we're in Colorado in winter park, which is, I don't know, like an hour and a bit out of, out of Denver right now. Um, so who I am is, as you said, I'm a chiropractor for actually it was fun. I went to uh, lunch yesterday with a girlfriend and her family. We all went together. It was 21 years that we graduated now, which just makes me sound really old. And I swear to you, I, I remember my parents saying like, I don't feel old. And I don't like, I don't feel like it's been 22 decades since I've graduated. Um, but yeah, it's been two decades. I'm with you. I'll be celebrating 21 years this, this spring as well. And aside from my hair color changing, I feel like I'm the exact same person. <laughs> right. And I feel like we do aging. So, I mean, not that 
previous generations. It's just, there's so much more out there now. And there's just, I don't know, there's no way I feel like it's been two decades, but it has. Um, But I think that that's a pretty, I, I love that at the same time. Like I don't fear aging. I don't fear getting older or, you know, getting, um, on in our professions. Cause I think, and what I love about this podcast is that it's all about how do you either stick with what you're doing or bring new things in. And I just chose the latter. Like for me, it was all about bringing new ideas in and new, um, just ways of, as you said, sort of using my expertise, my experience and practice and really helping teach others how to use their health and their well-being on a much greater level. So um, in different areas, I should say, not necessarily on a greater level, but just in different areas. And um, mm. I've had a lot of fun over the last little bit. And it's allowed us to have this opportunity to do the travel for the last eight months. So it's been mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, I think it's um, so right now you're not in clinical practice. You haven't been in clinical practice since uh, 2017. So it's been what year is it? 23. So it's yeah. six years ago. <laughs> Yep. And you transitioned from that into working with essential oils and leading clients, um, people through the use of them in a healthy way. Yep. Yeah. So I already had, I worked with them um, with doTERRA and I had already worked with them for, gosh, I want to say it was four years. I'm not really good on the math, but I think it was four years prior. So I had built up consistent income before leaving practice. And then that it was honestly, it was balanced. We have three kids. Um, yeah you know, we had family life, I had practice life, and I had a a really thriving essential oils business as well through, uh, through doTERRA. And I just, I couldn't do all three really well. And truthfully, I was, it had been 15 years in practice. I'd injured my wrist the year before. So practice was a lot more difficult for me. Um, I wasn't able to adjust uh, physically as I had been in the past, regardless of everything we tried. It just, and it's still to this day, I mean, it's been six years and it's still, there's still limitations with it. So, um, so that was a little bit of a, a further push out, but it, this, this just gave me a little bit more flexibility, a lot more flexibility to be with my kids and be home with them and go to things. And, and I was done, I was just ready. I was ready to transition yeah. out of practice. So, yeah. Yeah. And you were bold enough to have, make the move. Right. And a lot of people would hear that and be like, Oh, that sounds great. And a lot of people, I mean, I've coached docs as you know, like in the online space and helping them branch out. I worked for another company that, that helped docs do that. And everyone wants that elusive freedom, right? Everyone loves, my experience is that a lot of practitioners love being in their brick and mortar practice, love the hands-on care, love the interaction, but there gets to be a point where if you want to scale your business and create more flexibility, more freedom, more income, you're limited by the number of people you can actually see. And a lot of docs wanted to, my experience, they want to expand because they want they want more and they want to create more impact and more income. And yet it's a struggle to do it. There's a ton of work that's involved in growing any business, whether it's a clinical practice or an online business or a consulting business. And not everyone wants to do the work. One thing I've noticed. And two, not everyone is brave enough to actually even try. So I want to honor you for those two things because I've definitely seen you do both. I remember the first year you transitioned out of practice and how hard you were working, traveling, teaching, you know, growing, learning constantly. And I respected it so much. And so I want to speak to two things. One, the amount of effort and and bravery that it took for you to actually say, okay, I have this identity as a clinical practitioner, as a chiropractor, as a doctor for all these years, I'm ready to step into a new role and actually put that behind me. What was that process like for you? And then two, essentially going back to jumping into starting a new business all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, So the actual process was on my mind for about a year. 
knowing that the the business was was growing at a pace and a speed and a depth that I thought, okay, so this is something I could think about. But I was still very attached to being in practice because just like you said, like I'm I'm an introvert, but I love I love deep conversations. And I was never a very high volume practitioner. Um yeah. my husband and still sees a lot of people in our practice. Um I wasn't super high volume, but I loved making the connections with the patients that I got to see. And um that was the hardest piece for me was to step back and and not sever, but certainly not have that relationship in my life. There are still there's still practice members that have been there for years and they still continue to get seen by by my husband, which is amazing. So I see them occasionally if I'm if I pop in the office. But um once I made the decision that was mid-September, it was September 15th. And I said to Tom, my hubby, I said, listen, I, I think I'm done. Like I I really I can't keep up this balance anymore. Well, I know that I'm I'm not doing a great job in any role right now in my life. Like I just felt like I was just constantly filling buckets and like, mm. and I look over, I'm like, ah, oh, that one's empty again. Like I just never felt like I was really well balanced with it. So, um, so I said to him and he says, well, when do you want out? And I said, as soon as possible. And we, it was a month later, like I stepped out of practice on a Friday night. I still remember like locking that door the last night and, and being like, wow, I'm not going to come back in this role. I kept my license in Canada for three years. I think you have a year, if I remember in Ontario to trend, I can't remember exactly. I think it was either two or three years. And then, mm. then, so the next step to that was when I let go of my license, because like the, <laughs> the thought of going back and doing exams again, I'm like, oh, hell no. Like this is, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm out, I'm committing to being out. And uh, so, yeah, so that was when I let go of my license, that was like the piece that kind of like really closed that door. Um, you know, we still, I'm still Dr. Andrea Ryan. I've done the schooling and I did the, you know, 15 years of practice, but that was, that was, I think, harder than actually just stepping out of practice. Cause there was nothing mm-hmm. to look back on at that point. Then it became the work and, and really building and expanding and making sure that I kept it up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I love in that story is like, you really honored yourself, right? You honored just the fact that as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, business owner, you were wearing all these hats and feeling like not like buckets were full, like you weren't feeling like you were meeting your own needs, right? Or like life wasn't meeting, it was too much yeah. and something had to give. And a lot of women, a lot of men feel very similar and they don't have the support that you had. You know, luckily Tom was like, okay, babe, what are we going to do here about this? So I want to honor the fact that you said, this is not working for me. Something's got to change because I guarantee there's someone listening today that's feeling overwhelmed, feeling like they're not fulfilling any of the roles in their life to the best of their abilities and needs a push to say yes to something new. And so was there something inside you? Like, I mean, you had the great support of a partner. You, you had this, you know, business with doTERRA growing, but there was still a risk. Yeah. And would you say like, it's part of your personality or did you have any other resources, a coach or anything that really helped you take that next step of like, I'm going all in with doTERRA? Um, no. So no, I'm not risky by nature. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like I'm pretty vanilla. I think people kind of laugh at me a little bit because I'm pretty vanilla, but uh, you know, well, I don't know. Actually, I, mean, I think that's why we've had some entertaining moments when we've traveled together at events because there's a, there's a yin oh. and yang, you and some other colleagues of ours. Like, yeah. And why it's gotta be the same for the practical and the, the risky fearless ones. I always, honestly, I, sometimes I look at people like you and I'm always like, man, I wish I had the, 
there, there's just like this vivaciousness about you. And I, I mean, not to go into the story, I just think back on that trip to Washington where you zoomed off in that like thing with Ali. And I'm like, man, that was, that's, that's amazing. Like there's no way I ever would have done that. But it, it's, you know, but I take risk in like other areas where I feel like it's not, I mean, it's always a risk. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. You know, for me, it was always really important for me, like in practice, everything was on me and Tom, like it was, it, right. it's not stopped with us. And to an extent, certainly with doTERRA, at least I have other um, businesses now that I've also created, but um, like with courses and stuff. So I have that, but with doTERRA, it was, the buck didn't stop with me. I had my own um, way about doing things. Like I can market the way I want. I can teach the way I want. I can, I can create uh, programs and classes and so on based on how I would use essential oils in different products. But um, you know, if they decided to do something from a corporate standpoint, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I have to go with that. But I believed enough in the company that that was not a stop for me. So, it, you know, right. I wouldn't just do that with any company. I had to have the um, the trust with that company to be able to do it. And I had been with them for four years at that point and, and had established that. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, certainly there's that, there, that's a risk, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the network marketing there's a bit of a stigma with that. Sadly, I don't know why it's, it's like <laughs> people just think mm-hmm. network marketing back in the eighties or seventies and assume that that continues, um, which is short-sighted, honestly, on their part, because it's, it's very much changed over the last, even in the last decade, it's changed significantly. Um, mm-hmm. and so I do feel like I take risks in certain areas. Um, but it's not, but I have to feel comfortable and it's just a following of your intuition and your gut. Mm. And you just know something's right. It's like, okay. And so, so if something, you know, if something falls apart and it doesn't work, I have so much belief and trust in myself to be able to come up with the next step. Even if it takes me a few weeks or a few months or a few years, I'll figure it out. I just know I will. Like I love, um, Mm -hmm. who is it? Is it Marie Forleo? No. Who was it that wrote the book? Everything is figure outable. Yeah. Yeah. Marie Forleo. Marie Forleo. Like, um, and I really believe that like I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I was going to say. What I was hearing from you is so you might not love risk. And I don't know if anyone really loves risk. Well, maybe some of us do actually, but um, there's confidence, right? You trust yourself enough. You knew that you had the skills, the adaptability, the problem solving, the creativity to figure it out. And you trusted yourself to do so. So that's a great take home message for everyone to hear. Now, when you think about life now, okay, so you know, you've been doing this exclusively now for the last six, six years, six years. Yep. Right. And you bet had the freedom is it has it been everything you thought it would be as far as the flexibility, the freedom to be with your kids. Obviously, it's given you freedom because you're traveling, you know, yeah, extensively right now. But let's talk about like ups and downs, like has has jumping into, you know, the role that you're playing now with your business. There's got to be some some challenges within it. Tons of success. But has it been what you thought it has it was going to be? And and, and let's talk about the good and the bad. Yeah. So start with the bad just because it's always good to like talk about that first. First of all, I think it's, I mean, people need to know it's still a job and yeah. I work really hard and I'm, I'm creative and strategic. And I like, it's just, it's, you know, even Tom will call me out on sometimes and be like, Hey, you're at your computer again. Cause that's the, <laughs> it's really hard that when you work from a laptop, you can do it anywhere. Like the blessing is, Oh, I can work from anywhere. And then the curse is like, Oh, I can, you work can do it anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> so like we, there have been, I mean, for example, I'm taking the kids to the ski hill after this and they're like, okay, so when are we leaving? I said, whenever I'm done. And that's, that's the answer. Like, I don't have an exact time. Don't knock on the door. Like I need yeah. this time and space. 
So that there are some curses with that in that, um, you know, sometimes the, the perception of, oh, work from home means available whenever. And that's not always the case. I, I teach, I create, I um, am coaching with people. I'm leading a team. I'm, you know, I've had to travel in the past. We haven't obviously in the last few years done as much travel. I used to travel all over Canada and the States. Um, that was kiboshed, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, now it's opened up a little bit more, which is great. Uh, so that'll come back once we get home, I think, in the next year, which I'm actually kind of excited about. I love to travel. So for me, if I get to travel for work, if it means that I get to go see someplace else, that's great. But it is time away from my family. So the perception of like oh, like being when I first thought of it, I was like, oh, I'll just work from home and I'll be with my family all the time, which, yes, I was. But I still had to work from home like I was still working. So I think that that is a misconception for a lot of people out there. And when you don't have um, practice or a space or whether you're coming from a job where you're, uh, you know, you have responsibilities and you're, you're dealing with a boss, or if you are the boss, if you don't have overhead and all of this, like it can sometimes be like, oh, today's a pajama day. You know, like you really do have to, like, I, I get dressed every morning. I, I put my work hat on just to try and like get going. Cause otherwise it can yeah. very hours can slip by very easily. So there's definitely drawbacks on that end. Um, okay. Yeah. So I essentially mean, I feel like you need to have, you have established boundaries for yourself, like work boundaries or just like rhythms or are the routines uh, and habits that really help you step into your work mode when you're at home? Because I feel it too. I mean, my practice is in my home when I'm not in clinical practice, I'm often doing coaching calls or creative work or, other things that are related to my business, but I do find that I need to leave the house because I can get distracted sometimes being here by the cats, by the outdoors, by the dishes in the sink, by other things that I'll just do this for a few minutes, but really it then takes you down another whole distracting path of like, I could have done a whole lot more in that last hour. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like I'll, I'll say to Tom all the time, cause I'll be in and, you know, we've been, whether we're at home or whether we're traveling, say, listen, I need to do an hour. And there's like 20 minutes into it, there's a knock on the door. Oh, can I just ask you a question? And it's like, if I were to come into your practice and, and this isn't a knock on him because the kids do it everywhere. I mean, I get it. I totally understand it, but you know, it's, you do really need to establish boundaries and, and routines because otherwise it's just so easy to get distracted. The kids are there, the mm-hmm. dogs, my husband's there. They want to go out skiing. Great. Fine. I will stay home happily and get three hours of work done while you guys are skiing. So there's a lot of, um, like, yes, there needs to be boundaries for sure. And those boundaries need to be respected by myself and other people. I mean, it's, if I'm, as I said, working from a laptop and a cell phone, people can text me whenever they want. And I purposely don't, I like, I text between my work hours back just because yes. I can't otherwise, like it's exhausting. Otherwise, if, yeah. they, if they feel like they have 24 seven access to you, they will take advantage of that. And so, yeah. So I've had yeah, to, I agree. That. Yeah. yeah, we we do that. Too. I do that too with within my practice. Um, a lot of my my patients have my cell number, but they know if you if you respond to if you text me at seven p.m., I'm probably not going to respond till the next morning. And it's it's that cultiv- cultivating that relationship and those boundaries is so crucial. So, I mean, do you have any other hard and fast tips for working from home with three kids that are unschooled? Just so we're clear, your kids don't go to school. They're being a combination of unschooled, homeschooled. And there's a lot of distraction I'm assuming presents itself on a consistent basis. So just for us to wrap up this sort of conversation here, do you have any, cause I've got some strategies that work for me as well with working from home, but do you have anything that listeners could take home and be like, okay, that's something I need to do more of. 
Yep. So I live and breathe by my calendar and I, everything gets scheduled out in my calendar. So, um, even like self-care time, like if I'm going to the gym, it's in my calendar just so that I know when it is. And I set aside work hours. It's, it has been more difficult over the last eight months because we, as I said, we've been traveling. Um, when I'm at home, it's definitely easier just to be like, Hey, this is my time. Cause I had an office in the house, a home office, and I would shut the door and everyone just knew if the door was shut, mom's working. So that was helpful, but everything has to be go. If, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. Honestly, even like <laughs> picking up groceries in the calendar, like everything has to be in there. So that's um, tip one. Tip two, give yourself a lot of grace because when you do work from home, it's so easy for, for stuff to, I mean, it's not like I can just say, oh, from nine to noon, no one bother mom. Like it's not going to happen. They're, the kids could have a fight. There could be, the dog could run out the door and, you know, things still happen. So you have to give yourself a little bit of grace with it. Um, but the more I'm, discipline is really good for me. Like I can be disciplined and I have a high level of responsibility. So that significantly helps. Um but I would say like the biggest thing is have a space in your uh, house, wherever it is that is designated for your stuff. So all your stuff is there. Keep that space clean, keep it tidy. Um, and the only thing, cause I'm a creative is that I change up, like, even though I'm organized, but I like to change it up every once in a while, just to add in more, um, you know, like if my desk is one way, I'll change it the other way. So I get a different point of view, a different kind of concept or a different way of looking at my life for the, for the week. Um, so it's organized, it's clean, but it needs to constantly evolve at some level just so that, um, you know, so that I'm just constantly being inspired and and kind of like, oh, this is a new point of view. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't so you're not looking at the same, the same walls all the time. Yeah. 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 And so um, what I'm also hearing is, and I do want to come back to you, I'm sure, you know, those challenges are something that everyone deals with, right? Like, so thank you for sharing them, the needing to still work really hard in your business, to have boundaries, to have the freedom of working from your laptop. But I've also been around people that they were changed their laptop and yeah. it was, they were constantly working and it was really hard for them to shut it off, phone or laptop, some screen or another, because you're constantly accessible. And then your clients also demand it from you. So having boundaries, I think is crucial as well. Um, obviously some of the wins of you having, you know, not being in clinical practice right now and shifting into serving people with doTERRA oils and leading your team have been, um, well, hands down travel for like, the travel. like if I had to list, like if you ever give me the one thing that I want on my birthday, it's going to be a plane ticket somewhere. So to me, travel has always been the thing, flexibility to kind of, to go like people is, you know, we talked before the call, I think it was before the call started. We said, you know, flexibility and freedom are two very high um, things on my list. Um, so just the ability to kind of, to go on a whim. And even if it's a day trip somewhere, that's great. Like I'm a happy, happy mama that way, for sure. A happy woman that way. Um, and certainly like, you know, to be there for my kids, like as silly as this. So when we I remember when COVID started, everyone was home trying to figure out the homeschooling thing. And we had already always, always toyed with the idea of doing homeschooling. And then we were kind of just thrust into it. So I'm like, all right, well, let's make this work. Let's figure out how this is going to work. And starting to understand how my kids learned and process things and um, watching them in their struggles, but then also see how they move through those struggles. I, I didn't understand that as much, specifically as it related to what they were learning. Because especially I just felt like before that all happened, I mean, they went to school, we had after school activities, before school activities, we, you know, family events on the weekend, we were just, it was this mill that we were on. And I know a lot of families thrive on it. I don't like, I don't thrive on as much as I love a schedule. I don't, I like white time, white space in my mm -hmm. schedule. If it's, if it's nothing but colors, I get 
like freaked out by that. So um, when we brought them home and we kept them home, uh, so when that was like this through the end of lap, this end of the first school year, and then the beginning of the next school year, when they started going back and we knew that it was going to be kind of a weird year again, we kept yeah. them for the first half of that and really thrived with them. Um, the older two eventually went back to uh, regular school, but our youngest has been homeschooled ever since. And then yes, on this trip, we've done like unschooling and homeschooling. So just me being able to understand them better, to really see them, you know, as I said, how they learn, how they process information, how they, um, there's, you know, just how their body works through stress and through unstressful things. That has been far deeper than I ever expected. Um, mm. And just being able to be home with them has been honestly the biggest blessing. It really has. And even Tom, so as we've been doing this trip, he's been with us for two weeks and then he flies home for a week to adjust patients. And then he's back with us for two weeks. So right now he's home. He's got this week, and then he's back with us for two weeks, and then we all head home. Um, right. And he said the same thing. He's like, man, like, I've never had this much concentrated time with our kids. I said, it's it's spectacular, because you really, you know, they say you only get 18 years, and you do, and they fly by, as we all know. If you have kids that are teenagers, you know how quickly they fly by. So mm-hmm. that's been the greatest gift of of really being able to carve out my own time, even if it comes at the expense of me in the beginning having to get up at 5 and work from 5 until 8 get them ready for school, do some homeschooling for a bit and then carve out an extra. Like I had to adapt my hours in the beginning. Now I can do it whenever I kind of want to at this point. But, you know, in the beginning, that was a bit of a struggle for sure. So it almost sounds, it sounds like you really got to show up as a mother in a different way and and embrace. And it's been more than you could have ever imagined. You know, we all think we know our kids, but spending more time with them 24 seven traveling, is navigating challenges with them, watching their joy. Those moments deepen the more you have them, right? So it sounds like, you know, you were really present mom before that, but this is just deepened your relationship with your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I get that not everyone can get that. So I, I don't take it for granted by any stretch because there are times where I'm like, oh my God, they're still all here. Like, it's just <laughs> don't get me wrong. There are moments where I'm like, I'm going to close my door and go have a shower because it's the only time I could be by myself. Um, yeah. But I, I I don't take that for granted. I know the next six years will fly by and they'll all be out and about. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'll i take it. I'll take every challenge, even though there are lots of them, trust me. But it's, um yeah, as Blake, when we left on the trip, so Blake is our middle one. He was not excited about this trip and he's been the one that's most excited to go home. Like his, we, so for context, we've traveled all over the States over the last um, seven and a half months. And as we were like a month beforehand, I was really excited about it. He's like, mom, our problems are just going to follow us. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I understand that, but and it's true. Like the the problems, you know, they don't just disappear because you change a course or whatever, right? Like you really have yeah. to keep on lots of different levels. Yeah, and it, um, you know, my concern that I've seen with families in my practice that have unschooled or homeschooled um, has sometimes been that the parents don't have a lot of time to themselves, right? And they are again twenty four seven with their children, and that can also be really challenging to not have some personal space to pursue your own, you know, your own health, your own work, your hobbies, even even for the parents who are not working, you know, besides raising their family. 
And I think that probably one of the success for you has been that you have a passion for work and you've, you've been able to fulfill, you know, your, your, your needs as a woman, as a business owner, as a creative soul by having, I am going to unschool you and you're going to be with me, but I need these three hours to do my work today. That, that kind of balance feels to me like it's been part of the success of your homeschooling experience. Yeah. It's, you have to, if you don't carve out, you know, self-care gets a, I feel like self-care people are like, oh, it just means a massage. No, like self-care can just simply be taking a few minutes, breathing deep, making sure that you're getting good rest, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're getting fed. Like, especially as women, my God, like we could, <laughs> that's yeah. so vital. And, um, you know, I get out for my walk every day with just me and my dog. Sometimes one of the girls will draw uh, to join me, but most of the time it's just me. And I like, I just love that. Like you absolutely have to carve out. And that goes back to the calendar, as silly as it sounds. Maybe most people don't thrive on having a calendar and it's not that it rules my life, but it just, it makes it easier for me to stay on tack of stuff and make sure that I'm, I am taking time for myself as much as mm. I'm taking time for the kids and my spouse. Like we carve out date nights regularly and, you know, time for just the two of us, like Tom and I need to be able to reconnect because if we don't, that's tough, right? Like you have to have that space too. So yeah. Mm. Well, it's building consistent habits, right? And whatever works for you to make the things that are important to you work fluidly and consistently in your life is, is a success. Yeah, totally. Agree. Would you say, I mean, we, we've talked about flexibility and freedom quite a few times. Well, those words have come up in our conversation here today. Would you say that they're among your top values? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So then right now, essentially you've been building a life that's much more aligned with your values now than maybe it was 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it was eight years ago, almost to the like, I remember it was the spring of about seven, eight years ago, I want to say, where I saw a video of this family that traveled full time. And I thought, cool, <laughs> like that sounds awesome. But, you know, as chiropractors, you know, the, the one challenge we have is that, you know, if you're away from your practice, you're not making an income unless you have lots of people and you're managing. That's not our style. We've always just been the two of yeah. us now does have a couple massage therapists in there, which is great. Yeah. Um, but if we weren't there, we weren't making an income. So the concept of full-time travel as chiropractors, and there are lots of people who have those jobs, um, types of jobs, I should say. Yeah. Like, I was just like, how does, how does that even, like, what do you do? That was always my question. What do you do? And I would talk to expats that whenever we traveled to other countries that we hang out with them and they'd be like, what do you do? And it was always virtual, virtual, virtual. Like they were able to travel and, and do it. And so, um, I just, I planted the seed with Tom at a party six years ago. And I said, I want to do a year of travel before Kaylee, who's our oldest, goes off to university so that we can have those memories. Like that would be my ultimate goal. And, um, and yeah, so we just started shifting money the way we had to in order to funnel it. And we talked a little bit about money earlier in terms of income streams, but like, I think, you know, not just bringing in multiple income streams if you have it, but also making your money work for you, right? Like just mm -hmm. that, like, I, I just don't think that's a topic that necessarily gets spoken about enough. Mm -hmm. um, so focused on practice in terms of um, how to earn an income or how to maximize your income in the practice, but that income can also make money for you as well. So I, I mm -hmm. we just got, Tom is really great and I give full credit to him. He's very, like, he he loves to research that stuff and study that stuff. So he went out and, and, um, and we just you know, we worked really hard and we always knew we wanted to retire early. So we'd been doing that earlier in our careers, but yeah. we, you know, we did everything we could to still live our life at the time, but funnel away and make sure that that money was going to work for us so that we did have the opportunity to take this time off for sure. 
So you're strategic about it. Very strategic. It just yeah. doesn't happen on a whim, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Take some planning inconsistently, but you know, you had a dream, you made it happen, which I think is commendable. Yeah. Um, we've talked a bit about you juggling, you know, your business roles, your mom roles, your partnership roles. I know that you wear different hats within your business, right? Like you're teaching, you know, creating courses. So creative time, administrative time. You're also coaching other clients, other members of your team. How do you balance those different roles? Like, do you have, um, like what works best for you? Do you have hours of your day where you're only coaching? Do you have hours of your day where you're doing creative marketing time? Like, can you give us any tips about how you manage the different hats you wear in your business? Yeah, absolutely. So Mondays are my coaching days. Those are the days that, um, and it's actually every other Monday now. So that's a little bit more convenient. And I picked up some other time on Thursday. So Monday afternoons and Thursday afternoons, those are the days I connect in with people on my team. Um, I'm connecting in with my customers. Um, that's like, those are my connection days. I just call them. Um, okay. because, yeah. So Monday and Thursday afternoons, and it's about three hours. And so that's a pretty heavy day for me, I'm I mean, sure I use social media a lot. So I'm always making sure that I'm posting on social media, connecting with people on social media. Um, and that's a daily thing. But when I say that, that's about a half hour a day, I want to say-ish, mm-hmm. 45 minutes at the most. Um, but, but that's because... It takes so much longer than you think. It does. And I time myself <laughs> for them. For that matter, I was like, man. So I have like a, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's Instagram. I'm assuming it is that allows me to let me know when I'm reaching my time limit. So I have an hour max that I'm allowed on Instagram each day and that I allow myself on Instagram each day. And I don't always hit it. Thank goodness. Um, but I'm just really strategic with it. Like I, I have, I have a list every day of what are the tasks that I need to get done. And that, that list is pretty much the same for the five uh, like work days per week. Um, and I just, I have to go through that list and I plan out my time accordingly. So I bulk, um, bulk write, I guess, or create all of my content for the following week. So I do that on Fridays. That takes about two hours where I write all of my content. I choose the photos. So I just have to go in the next day on Monday, like, okay, my, you know, that's been, um, created and, and posted. So I just utilize or maximize the time that I'm, creating that stuff. So yes, there is time. And then because I have two courses, I carve out time each day to make sure that I'm in those communities and posting any content or updating any information. I have to to do that. And that takes about probably also about a half an hour each day. So, you know, when you look at the number of hours that I put into my business, it's it seems low, but there's still a lot of creative time and time spent out, like mapping out my year. And, you know, like that's the, the sort of that upper level stuff. I mean, my time is best spent planning, coaching, connecting with people teach. Oh yes. I teach a lot. And those tend to be in the evenings as well. So I teach usually one or two nights a week. Um, but that's, it's just all fits into my schedule. And because our kids are used to it now, like they know dad works when he's at the office for these set hours and they know mom works when they work and, or when I work. So it just, I don't know, it just fits, but I probably, I'm probably about 20 to 20, 20 to 22 hours a week of, of work, quote unquote work. Yeah. But you've, you've consciously created it, right. And you've built in these rhythms and these hours and your schedule, probably as time has gone on and you found like you needed to, when you first started, you maybe weren't doing all these different roles because as your, but as your business grew and your team grew, you realized you had to support people in a different way. So it's, Something we talked about right at the beginning or came to me was just the evolution, right? And we're constantly evolving and staying, if we stay curious to how we are best able to evolve and and meet our own interests and our skills and share them with the world, 
I think that's one of the the pieces of magic that, that helps us live our lives to the best of our abilities. Yeah. Well, and I love challenges. So for me, I get bored if I'm doing the same thing day in, day out. Um, and so that's where, you know, like, so I did chiropractic for a number of years, but what I loved about Cairo is that it was new people coming in each time. They were always presenting yeah. differently. Like, Oh, like I get to put on my thought here, I had new patients coming in or, you know, it, so it was always something new. And then, you know, leaving practice, doTERRA was enough of a driver for me for a number of years. Cause it was a new challenge, which was great. And then I got very, you know, I'm not to toot my horn, but I was good at, at doing what I could do. And I could pretty much do it in my sleep. Like that was pretty, pretty good. And then, so I was like, oh, well, let's create some courses. So then I brought in courses and I'm constantly learning like yourself. I mean, you were just saying how you were taking a course right now yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just love bringing in new information and seeing, okay, well, how can I take this information and help others? And, you know, whether it's current customers and clients or whether it's the, you know, something in the future, I don't know, who knows what it'll look like in five years, but yeah, it's fun to me. Well, I imagine that your 15 years of clinical practice, schooling, marketing, growing a business, helped you, you know, there's, there's skills from that role that you had that have transitioned into your leadership and what you're doing now and then added to your success, as opposed to someone who just started, it didn't have those 15 years of experience. Yeah. And I taught, like, I took everything that I knew, downloaded it and put it into document, like basically a standard operating procedure book. It was like, this is what you do. I'm actually just redoing it right now to, to update it a bit. Cause it hadn't been updated in about a year and a bit. And I thought, Oh gosh, I need to tweak a few things here. And so when people come in, because that's often what I get like, oh, sure, it's easy for you because it's a health field or like a health product and you teach courses around health. So that's very easy because you've got your background. I was like, yes. However, you also have incredible experience that I don't like based on whatever it is. I mean, they could come in for a million different reasons. Right. Give them the, the playbook essentially and be like, this is what I do. This is it. You want, you want how I do things here it is. So here's a plug and play. You just have to, but I don't want a thousand Andreas on my team. I want a Melissa and a Sarah and a Jennifer and a, you know, like I want everyone to shine and have their, it's like, could you imagine if every chiropractor was the exact same doing (laughs) like, it's like McDonald's, you know what you're going to get. So thank God we have health practitioners that have all of these beautiful, uh, you know, goals and ways of expressing themselves in practice. In fact, I think it's more so now I'm seeing so many, especially female chiros, cause that's who I tend to follow, you know, ones that are with postpartum classes or pregnancy classes, and they're rocking those. And then we've got ones that specialize in, you know, whatever the, you know, metabolism is a big one for me. Cause I've got a course mm-hmm. on it. But I love watching how different women shine in different strengths and um, expertise beyond just not... <laughs> not to minimize just chiropractic because it's huge. I mean, it's, it's everything to me, but mm-hmm. I think it's so neat to see where it's just so different. I didn't, I don't remember that 20 years ago, or maybe I just, it wasn't on my radar 20 years ago. It just seems so much more social media wasn't there 20 minutes ago or 20 years ago. So that's probably, yeah, I think for me, I've had the experience of, you know, with my previous show, Rock to Dr. Life. And if you're chiropractor listening, you'll definitely want to check out that show. Cause there's 180 awesome interviews with other healthcare practitioners. Majority, I would say 95% were chiropractors. And what I loved was hearing the different stories and, and realizing one, I mean, I had people who were big, big practices, people who were associates, people who were doing traveling and doing locums, people who did house calls. Like there was such a variety that kept me so inspired. And it, it's definitely driven home the message. Like you really can create the practice that you want. 
And, you know, the idea with this show is to take those conversations again, but have them with a more variety of allied healthcare professionals and people who are in the health and wellness space. Because for me, freedom is definitely one of my values, but so is health. And I can only do so much work clinically in my practice, but if I can help other people rock it in their businesses and help others in this world and their communities live a healthier life, then that fulfills me and what I believe was part of my, my role on this planet. And um, the idea that you can actually do it however you want is, is really powerful, but yet not a lot of people will always embrace that. And some people have been led down a road of like, okay, you will be successful when, and this is how you build a successful life. And they get there and they're like, well, wait a second. I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be, or something's missing, or my health is crappy, or my relationships haven't been what I thought, or I'm just not feeling as vibrant as I want to feel. And listeners, if you're feeling any of those things, I want you to reach out because I guarantee there's there's some shifts that you can make that will elevate where you're at right now and not necessarily easy choices, but there is a way to, to live and practice with a lot more ease. And you know, when you think about adjusting your practice, you've done that. Right. And so if we were to wrap up today's conversation with a take home message for someone or one thing you would say to make your practice your own or something that's really helped you, what would that be? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's a I don't know how you wrap it up like <laughs> in a short sentence. However, um, it doesn't have to be. I just like drawing on my own. I remember very specifically in chiropractic college. I remember who the teacher was or the professor. I remember sitting in the classroom and them saying the only way to be a successful chiropractor is, and then he rattled off his, basically his life. And I bought it at the time. Mm. I remember that if you looked at anything outside of chiropractic, you were a mixer. Remember the whole like, oh, are you Oh, yeah. Me? Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to swear? How awful. Oh, yeah. It was just such a terrible way of teaching an entire generation, if not multiple generations of chiropractors, in my opinion, because what's so brilliant is that we get to take what we love. I mean, we all have this brilliant skill of being able to adjust, which I really do think is not something that everyone has, but you can connect in with them. But you have, if you have a passion that you can bring to that that client or um, patient, that's going to further their life experience, not just necessarily health, but certainly that's obviously a big piece of it because we're health professionals bring it, find something that brings you absolute joy. Because if you're in this for 20, 30, 40 years, if you're miserable, just because it's this or bored, not even necessarily miserable yeah. but because it's the same thing over and over bring yeah. it into your practice, have fun with it. I'm going to just, I, I think of one Cairo down in, I believe she's in Texas. I, I know her name is Chelsea. I don't know her last name. I'm sorry, but I watch how she practices through social media only. I've never met the woman. And I yeah. just think, man, it's so cool to see her, just doing, she has a a food truck that comes in that has smoothies that sits outside of her practice every afternoon from four until six. And so all of her patients know that they can go and get the food truck smoothies. And I'm like, and then she has opened it. I just think, man, like she has taken this and I see nothing but passion exuding from her every time she posts. And I'm like, that's what chiropractic should be. It should be, or whatever profession is. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Boy. And that helps you cultivate something that really lights you up every single time you're in practice and um, or outside of practice. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share some ideas with you today. I truly hope you found something in today's show that resonated with you. But what I hope even more is that you take the content, you take something that you learned and use it to adjust your practice to make a shift in the lifestyle that you want to live. 
If you love the show, please send us some feedback, please write a review, and most importantly, it helps us if you share it with others. Have an awesome day, friends. We'll catch you on the next show.